right, tell your neighbor, say there's an important announcement that Pastor John's about to make. Tell them. Important announcements. I want you to lean in. This is very, very, very important. It's about next week. We're going to have a schedule change next week. Now, before I tell you what's going on, I want you to have a little backstory. Uh, Ron Smith, who is our, our director of development, you see him running around here and doing funny videos, but uh, Ron is actually incredible uh, directing our staff and directing our team and helping me stay where, where I need to be going. Uh, Ron has been working with the city since before the quarantine, making sure that we were ready, doing everything we needed to do, developed a great relationship with them. Even before we came here to do the outside meetings, Ron got a letter from them saying that we were able to do that. Uh, we had a complaint from a neighbor about our noise at the beginning, and Ron got a special permit, spent a week working with the city to get a permit for us. And so we've been working closely with them, making sure that we're adhering to all the guidelines and everything that's going on. And so next week, because what the mayor has asked us to do, next week is going to be an online service, Okay. Online, it's going to be, we're going to have worship, I'm going to have a word, and we're going to let you spend some time with your family. So we will not be meeting here next week, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We will be right back the next week, though. This is also going to give our staff and our, our team a little break to spend time with family. I don't know if you know what it takes to do this on a Sunday, but I can tell you as a leader, our staff is tired. So we're going to give them a little break as well. Matter of fact, why don't you give our staff and our team a great big hand for all of their work. So next week, next week at 11 o'clock, it'll be ready. You can watch. We're going to have a service for you, uh, worship from our team, and some of the, I think the canes, some of the canes may even show up and help us out a little bit. And then I'm going to be speaking as well. All right, you got it? Next week, online only, okay? Everybody good? Anything else, Ron? Did I cover it? Okay, great. All right, are you ready for the word now? Oh, I like it, y'all. Some of y'all were. Some of you didn't know what I was saying, but it's all right. Get your service guys out. I'm trying to get these. The wind is blowing my paper, so here we go. I know some of you thought that I just did all this by memory. No, I have notes. I'm brilliant, but not that brilliant. Get your service guides out because it's got the scriptures in there. It's got the notes. Now, because the rain is probably going to be coming, we're not going to get through all the message today. I'm going to save some of it for, uh, for next week. So here's what I want you to do. Take that handout home, and you'll be able to use it at home next week when you're watching online. So don't throw the handout away. You know, we're in the middle of a series right now called uh, Indivisible, and we've been talking about how the body of Christ is meant to be indivisible, and that's how God created it. And if you missed any of those, I would encourage you to go back uh, online to thehillsnashville.com, and you can watch those messages to, to catch you up. But let me give you a little brief recap uh, from last week. Open your handouts, Ephesians chapter 1. And 22. Come on, one more time. What about Cain? I just can't get over that. Man. Golly, that's so good. Ephesians 1 and 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church, everybody say the church. Now, growing up, up in Mississippi, there was not an R. There was just the church, okay? The church is the body of of Christ. The church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is something that we talked about last week. The church is 
the body of Christ. Not the churches like the body of Christ. This is not a metaphor. This is literally, and this is multiple times in the Bible. Anytime you see something that's mentioned in the Bible two and three times, then you know that is a doctrine. This is not just something that was being, this is a doctrine. The body of Christ is the church, and the church is the body of Christ. Jesus, Jesus was the body of Christ expressed individually. The church is the body of Christ expressed corporately. And here's what I love about that, is instead of one body walking along the Galilean shore, now Jesus is represented by 2.5 billion members. That's why Jesus said, greater things than I've done, you're going to do. Because he was limited to one body, but you and I as the body of Christ can do so much more. Look at your neighbor and say, you should have amen that. Last week we said this, that every member is distinct. God has created you distinct. And some of you have more stinked on you than others, okay? God has created you distinct. God has created you indispensable. We cannot do what God's called us to do without you. Those of you watching online, I want you to hear, you may feel isolated. You may, f- may feel alone. You wish you could be here with us. God has not forgotten about you. You are indispensable right where you are and just as you are. And finally, every member is designed. God designed us with a, with a, for a function and for a purpose. And one more thing I want to reiterate that I think was very powerful for us to hear is this. Anything that a member of the body does should be done for the entire body. You want to take selfishness out of the equation? If you, when you begin to do what you're called to do, if you would do it for everyone else and not just for yourself, it would be amazing what we could get accomplished. One of my theology professors says, it's amazing what can get done when nobody cares who gets the credit. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could all think, okay, how the decision that I'm going to make this morning The choice that I'm going to make tonight, how does this impact the body of Christ? I'm going to tell you, if you can think that way with that filter, it'll stop you from doing some stuff. Amen? If you can think through that filter, it will make you want to do some stuff. Because I know that what I'm doing is helping the body of Christ. Colossians 1 and 18, in your notes, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is the first in everything. We are members of the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is the church. Look at me. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. I heard this statement from someone not long ago. They said, you know, I love Jesus, but I'm not so sure about the church. And I laughed a little bit. We kind of giggled because I got where they were coming from. But then I thought about it a little bit later. And I thought to myself, I'm not sure that you can do that. I'm not really sure that you can love Jesus and not love his church because the church is his body. I've heard people say, well, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I just don't do church. Let me tell you something. You cannot separate the two. If the body is the church and you can't take Christ away from his body. You're getting quiet on me now. You know why? Because some of you have been hurt by church. Raise your hand if you feel like you've been injured, hurt by church. Raise, come on, I want to see you. Somebody said something to you, did something to you. Let me tell you something. The church didn't hurt you. Some ignorant person hurt you. And when I say ignorant, that means they just didn't know. 
They didn't know what they were saying. They didn't know what they were preaching. They had no idea. And I imagine if you went back to them and told them you, what you did hurt me, they would probably say, I didn't even mean that. However, some of you have been hurt by mean people. They meant to hurt you. That's why mean is in meant, okay? They, I don't think so, but we're going to today, just for today. And you know what? I've hurt people. I have. Not on purpose. There's people that have left our church that, that have sat with me and Ron, and they've said, you didn't, you didn't attend to my needs the way I need to be attended to. And we apologize. I am sorry. I didn't mean to. But that wasn't the church hurting him. That was dumb old John Ragsdale hurting you, okay? Don't blame what has happened to you in church on the church. Oh, my goodness. That was a good word right there. Come on, I can't get them to help me. Those of you online, come on, would you help me out? Don't let what has happened in the church make you blame it on the church. That wasn't even in my notes. Write this down. It's in your notes. There's a blank there. You cannot love Jesus and not love the church because the church is his body. If you really want Jesus, you've got to take the church as well. Another reason I think you need to love the church is because Jesus loves the church. And not just loves it. He really loves it. Look at Ephesians. It's in your notes. Ephesians 5 and 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Did you see how much Jesus loves the church? Come on, everybody look at me. Do you see how much he loves? He loves the church so much that he gave his life for it. So you and I might need to be careful talking about it. We might need to be careful making snide comments and jokes about the church because it is the apple of his eye. I feel like it kind of becomes this thing where, where we just want to have a, a walk with God but not walk with the body. But do you notice something else in that scripture? Look back at that scripture. I want to I highlight some words to you. Holy, radiant, without stain, no wrinkle, no blemish, blameless. Raise your hand if you feel that way. You know, we don't. You know why? Because this does not happen as an individual. This happens as the body. You and I are never going to stop making mistakes. You and I are never going to be blameless. But he didn't die just for you. He died for his body. So when we come together as the body, we are holy. We are radiant. We are without a stain. We are without a blemish. We are blameless. On our own, we're none of these. But as the church, we are. That is why we need the body. Come on, Hills, can I hear an amen? That's why the body is so important. Look, I'm going to tell you my goal. My goal is to change your outlook of church. I want to change your view of church. I want it to become this thing that you're not scared of anymore. I want it to be something that you love, that you can't wait to be around the body of Christ. I want to change our perception of it, that it's not just something you do on a Sunday morning and some every once in a while you may give or you may serve or you. I want to change it. I, I, want, I want us to see how powerful God created the church to be. This is not your grandparents' church. This is not your parents' church. 
This is not even your church. This is God's church. And God has big plans for his church. Say that with me. God has big plans for his church. God's plan is that the church would reach the world. God's plan is that the church would help set up his kingdom. Do you know that it is not the government's job to take care of the poor and the sick and the hurting? That God's plan was for the church to do that. I want us to have that understanding of what we're called to do. And not just what we're called to do, what we can do. Amen? My calling is to encourage the church to be all that God intended. And I have in my notes, every, every time when I, if I can, they don't blow off the page. When I open my notebook, I have right here, I see it every single time that I preach. And it is my mandate and my mission. It's what God has called me to do. And God gave me that mission. I went on a, uh, I don't say this bragging because it was, it was a God called thing. I went on a 40 day fast uh, when I was 33 years old. And I just felt God calling me to that. I would not encourage anybody to do that unless God calls you. And even then, come talk to me or talk, and talk to your doctor. But it's something I felt called to do. And God spoke to me, said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you your mandate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what you're really called to be. Because at that time, I didn't know. I was doing a lot of stuff. I was singing and songwriting and doing some TV stuff. And I was, I was preaching and I was ministering. And it's just all, it was all around. And, and I, I felt like the Lord just needed to help me figure out what I was called to be. And on the 30th day of that fast, God gave me a, a scripture that's become my life scripture. And it's there in your notes. It's Isaiah 62 and 1. And it says, because I love Zion, Zion, the church, the temple, because I love Zion, I will not, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. That is my calling in life, is I will not be quiet until the church knows who she is and what she can do. That's the calling in life. Come on, y'all. Am I losing y'all? Are you with me? I just gave you my life calling, okay? I feel like some of you just like own your phone. Where are we going to eat? Stay with me. I just feel so encouraged, guys. I'm coming back to y'all online, okay? Because I can't see if y'all are distracted. <laughs> Life mandate is to, is to help the body of Christ know what the body of Christ is called to do. To encourage us to be everything that God has called us to do. Here's the deal. I'm a church boy. I, I believe in the church. I will fight for the church. I believe that the church is indivisible. I believe it is indestructible. I believe the church is the hope of the world. And I hear people right now saying, but I thought Jesus was the hope of the world. We've been talking about this. We're the body of Jesus. So that means we are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the hope of the world. Come on, tell them. Those of you at home, just tell your dog. Say, I am the hope of the world. You don't know it. Did you know that Jesus, after his death, burial, and resurrection... What did he do? He ascended to the right hand of the Father. The physical body was gone. But then what did he do? He sent his Holy Spirit to reside in you and I. He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave us the authority of the Holy Spirit. He gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gave us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we could do what we're called to do. 
Some folks just don't understand the power of the church. And for some of you, church is not that big of a deal in your life. You can take it or you can leave it. You love it, but you don't really have a so love. You know, there's a difference in a love and a so love. For God, so love that he gave. Well, I want to change that. I want to change it for you today. I want you to fall in love with the church, with the body of Christ. I want it to be you just can't get enough of it. I want you thinking about, man, I wonder what's going up at the hill. Do you know why we're going to have this building right here? It's so Bellevue can have a change of thought process about the church. Bellevue is going to be, man, I wonder what's happening at the hills tonight. Let's go hang out there. I wonder what's going at the hills during the day. I wonder what's happening this Sunday. Is Cain singing again? I don't know. That's what I want. Let's change the mindset of the body of Christ. And let's be the body. How about that? What if we could be more than the hills? What if we become the body of Christ? How many received this word this morning? Those at home, amen. I'm going to pray for you. Just bow your head. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you for how beautiful you are, for how kind you are, for how gracious you are. I pray, God, that you would help us today become more and more the body of Christ. Let us lay down our own selfish ambitions and let us be more like you in Jesus' name. Look, I'm getting ready to let you go back to your car, okay? Cain's going to come back. As a matter of fact, you can start heading your car now if you'd like to. But I want to ask you today, if you have never given Jesus your life, you've never given him an opportunity to be your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today to do that or, or, or to maybe recommit your life. If that's you today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a very simple prayer. It's only simple because he's already done the hard work. I want you to repeat after me. If that's you today, you want to dedicate your life to him or rededicate your life. Come on, Hills family, those of you at home, those in your cars, just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your life. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your spirit. I want to receive it today. Forgive me of my pride. For doing things my own way. Today I confess that I'm yours. All of my hope is in you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And let me be everything you've called me to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, Hills family. Let's honk our horns and clap our hands for those that prayed that prayer just then. Amen. Praise God.